are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everybody, to the Batflip Podcast. Uh, I'm with my co-host, Matt. It's a little late-night episode uh, after the Braves and Dodgers Game 7 just got over. And uh, How you feeling over there, Matt? Uh, pretty good. It's late. I'm tired and ready to go to bed. Um, <laughs> so um, I, was a little, a little, I was disappointed my Braves didn't win. But hey, I mean, to get to that point, this the way that that team was this year, it was uh, very impressive. So, um, you know, I'm yeah, happy we'll, we're going forward. But we'll talk about that a little bit in, in, a little later. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about you being a proud owner of a new Clayton Kershaw jersey. Yeah, or, or maybe uh, yeah. I was thinking about getting one of those like strikeout, uh, like his charity or whatever it is, and it like strikeout cancer in that in that Clayton Kershaw's charity. Uh, um, Kershaw's challenge, I know, is that Kershaw's one. Kershaw's challenge. Okay, I remember he had like a really famous charity that people buy T-shirts from a lot. So I was I was thinking about going through that and getting a getting a T-shirt. I like Clayton Kershaw a lot, so I don't feel bad at all getting a even though even though he's on the Dodgers and they lost and I lost uh, my team lost to the Dodgers. I'm, I'm I'll be happy to have a Kershaw shirt. So I like him. Yeah, they uh they do great work with that uh that uh charity. So, well we'll hit on that series a little bit later though. But let's go ahead and start um with this Astros and Tampa Bay Rays series. Um, just jumping back to kind of our predictions, you had called um you'd called the Rays in five, I called the Astros in seven, um, and it ended up being the Tampa Bay Rays in seven over the Houston Astros. Yeah, um, so I, I, there was times where both of us it looked like we're gonna be uh, right on this. I mean, the Rays in five, you know, for the the Rays went up three games to none, and it looked like well, it, it'll be four or five, and then the Astros come storming back, and, and then it looks like you might be right because it was game seven, and the Astros had won three in a row, and you're like, oh my gosh, they could pull this off, like like the uh, in shades of the '04 Red Sox, and um, but this was a really fun series. Um, the Astros really. I think, and I don't know what you thought about this, but for the first three games of the series, the Astros, it seemed like the Astros hit the ball and, and pitched the ball so much better than the Rays in those three games, but they were down three games to none. I mean, I don't know if you've, and I don't know if you've seen anything like that, but um, three games and, and the Astros put the ball in play a lot more. I looked at, look up uh, the first two games, the Astros only struck out 14 times where the Rays struck out 26 times. 26 strikeouts for the Rays in, in the first two games. I mean, I've never seen anything like it, so I, I don't know about you, but... I hadn't seen anything like that, but I'm honestly, I'm not too shocked. Um, we had come into this series talking about the Tampa Bay Rays being a very, um, very fundamentally sound defensive team. Um, they are probably one of the best defending teams in the major leagues, and that outfield really showed it in this series. Um, I mean, every time it popped up, you know, a ball was hit out there. Somebody's making a diving catch, like Kevin Kiermaier, or Manny Margot, or Hunter Renfro, or Randy Rosarena, like, and Willie Adamas. I mean, any ball that was hit in that vicinity of the shortstop or the shortstop gap in between uh, third and short, on his obviously, uh, he caught and threw it to first and got him out. I mean, they they just do everything the right way defensively. So I wasn't surprised to see that they, uh, you know, that even though they weren't putting the ball in play as much, and the Astros were that uh, it ended up going towards the Rays' side. They, they are known to get timely hits um, and then just play out amazing defense. Oh, absolutely. And um, that that play that Manny Margot made, I don't know if you saw that in game two where he flipped over the wall. <laughs> it looked a little yeah. bit like if, if uh, 
if Torrey Hunter had made that catch against the Red Sox back in, I guess, I think it was like 2013 or so, uh, like on, the, on the David Ortiz homer when he flipped over the fence in the outfield. I mean, that was yeah. crazy. I don't know how he held onto that ball. So, Yeah, I didn't get to see much of this series, um, with most of the games being the earlier games um, on the West Coast. Yeah. Um, and I was still at work or, or doing our online racing that me and you do. So, uh, so I didn't get to see much of them, but I did get to see that Manny Margot play. Um, that was pretty funny. I had happened to have like a little break at work and just had the game on my phone when he did that. So it was, uh, it was pretty funny when he did that. I was like, Oh, did he catch it? And then he held up the glove and I was like, Oh, he did. Yeah. He, he wasn't faking like the, I don't the, like the, uh, the home run that Christian Pache from the Braves robbed the other day where he <laughs> pretended he wasn't, he didn't catch it. And then he kind of just flashed his glove up and had the ball in it. I thought that was pretty, pretty funny, but um, yeah, I know this isn't on topic for MLB, but you just made me think, but did you see that video? I think I sent in the chat the other day where it was like the Korean baseball and the outfielder ran up and like robbed the home run, but he acted like he didn't. And he let the guy go all the way around the bases <laughs> yeah, and then he, he threw the out. ball in. <laughs> and, no, they just like threw the ball in and because he caught it. Uh, and then they were like, oh, he had already rounded the bases and was like celebrating in the dugout. And then they found out that he robbed the home run. It was completely. <laughs> I love it. I love so it. So, yeah, that, that was funny. But um, but yeah, I mean, in this series, like it was it was it was fun. I mean, a Rosarena, how much more can we say about him? He was the keys he was our key in the last series um, to to the Rays moving on over the Yankees. And a Rosarena in this series hit 321, 367 with a 786 slugging. The big one is four homers, and they came at opportune times. You know, he hit one in Game Seven. He hit one in uh, early in Game One. He hit one in in, uh, in Game Three. Uh, all these are so, uh, game. He hit one in Game Four that the Astros won. But um, you know, he was that was a key to this series. Was our Rosarina was great, and um, you know, the Rays pitching. I mean, and the pitching for both teams really. I mean, if you looked at um, just some stats here, Charlie Morton. Um, was spectacular. The former Astro, he was a little bit down this year, um, battled some injury, but Charlie Morton had 10 and two thirds innings pitched in this series. Didn't give up a run, uh, two walks and 11 strikeouts. He, he was a key for the, for the, uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. And then, um, you know, what more can you say about Lance McCullers and Framber Valdez? I mean, this is a Astros team that lost Justin Verlander, who is their ace and, you know, the soul of the pitching staff on that team. And a veteran guy that was, you know, a Hall of Famer. We, we've talked about him some on the show about how how highly we think of him. And I mean, uh, look at Framber Valdez with 12 innings, uh, a 2.25 ERA in the series, and and uh, Lance McCullers with uh, 10 and two thirds innings. He did have a 3.38 ERA and gave up some runs in Game Seven on a couple homers, but uh, 18 strikeouts to one walk. Um, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, he was a key to our series as well when we looked back. You know, saying that. He had pitched really well um, in the playoffs so far and that they were going to need him and Jose Urquidy to really pitch really well for them to have a shot. And, I mean, even Urquidy, I mean, in seven innings, I mean, it, uh, 257 ERA, had six strikeouts. I mean, he's not a big strikeout guy, but still, that was uh, those are fantastic numbers for him as well. Uh, but, I mean, that the Astros pitching staff, I mean, we've talked about who – you know who's going to step up who's going to really be the guy like if you look at this list of names that pitched in this series i mean what do you would probably say that you knew six coming into this season yeah i mean something like that i mean you knew valdez you knew Arquiti, you knew presley mccullers and grinky 
Yep. That's pretty much who you knew. Maybe I mean, Josh you James might have, too. Maybe he's Josh been James. a little bit. He's pitched in he's pitched in the playoffs a couple times. But I mean they've got you know, like Scrub, <laughs> Brooks Raley. Yeah. Like these are just guys we've never heard of. And mm-hmm. and you know, we're some of the biggest because of the biggest baseball fans out there. So um, it, impressive for them to hold, and they held uh, Tampa Bay to a 3.15 ERA, or, or to they they had a 3.15 ERA in this series, which is very yeah. impressive. Um, one factor that we didn't mention that uh, maybe looks makes that ERA look a little bit better than uh, the amount of runs they gave up is uh, some of the throwing errors. And Jose Altuve made a bad throwing error in Game Two. And it looked a little bit like he almost has the yips throwing to first. And, you know, a lot of people don't like to say that. But um, and I know you, you we talked about it before the show and you weren't able to see that error. But he basically got, gets a ground ball with there's two guys on or there's, there's one guy on with uh, two outs. He gets a ground ball hit to him second base and he just short arms a throw and bounces it to first. And Guriel is not expecting it kind of. I mean, I'm not saying he's not trying, but he's a little bit lackadaisical on it with it being such a simple play. And the ball bounces, and he doesn't really stretch for it or anything, and it pops out of his glove. And the very next batter comes up with two guys on and two out, and uh, Fran Brevet, I mean, and, uh, and uh, uh, Manny Margo comes up and hits a home run. And that was the difference in that game. Game two was won four to two by the Rays, and that was a three-run homer uh, off McCullers. This is a game that McCullers had 11 strikeouts and no walks to, and, and seven innings pitched. So um, the Rays survived a ninth-inning rally in that game. Um, but you just you gotta you gotta look at that, and that's the type of things that the Rays were doing all series that the that the Astros weren't. The Astros hit the ball better. They had a lot of bad luck. I thought early in the series they hit the ball better. And I thought they pitched the ball at least even with the Rays. And the you look you look back, and I mean, some of those plays early in the series were what cost the Astros. Yeah, I mean, if you just look, I mean, if you look at the stats, you have no idea how Tampa Bay won this game if you didn't see the defensive plays. Like Tampa Bay as a team, as a team this series, batted 201 with a 296 on base percentage. That is terrible. Uh, just to make that. Houston batted 260 with a 35 or 350 on base percentage. So that means 35% of the time they were getting on base compared to under 30% for the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, and then if you look at the pitching, it's close. Tampa Bay had a 308 to a 315 ERA for um, for the Astros. So, I mean, just looking at the stats, you don't know. I mean, you would not know that Tampa Bay won this series. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's very important to look at um, the runners in scoring position, too. There were a lot of times the Astros lined into a, you know, lined out or hit a hard hit grounder or hit a ball that drove the Kiermaier back to the wall or something with uh, two outs and runners in scoring position. And, you know, that's just the the nature of sometimes in a game in, in a seven game series in the postseason. Um, you know, that's why they play seven games and not three games, because you can see how much that, that Babbitt luck happens in those first in that first series, in the wild card series we had this year. But, uh, you know, if you're the if you're the Astros, you know, it's frustrating. You get 81 strikeouts in this series from from uh, Rays hitters, 81. And the Astros had 54 strikeouts. They were putting the ball in play more. They were walking more. They were. 
a much better hitting team and, and had by far the better numbers, but it just so happened that the Rays were able to come up with those clutch hits. And like you say, all that defense, the Rays play, being that fundamentally sound team, um, that ended up being the difference for them. Yeah, they're uh, they're going to have to definitely keep that defense up at the next um, next round if they want to have any shot because the team that they're going to be facing uh, is just about as good defensively, but they will hit the cover off the ball. Uh, and kind of just to transition into that one, we'll jump over to the Braves and Dodgers series now. Um, and that in our predictions, you had the Dodgers in six, I had the Dodgers in five, ended up being the Dodgers in seven. Yes, um, what a series this was. Um, I think that I thought that the Astros Rays series was really entertaining, but the Braves Dodger series, I don't know if it, it might have been a little bit more because there were fans in the ballpark for this series. Um, that you know there was a lot more. It felt like there was more intensity in every game. The teams were both, um, you know, the Braves bring a lot of energy to the table, and the Dodgers have really. And, and you can touch on this a little bit. Uh, Damian, but the Dodgers seem to like seem to have gotten to where they're give, getting a lot of energy in these games. They they seem to be really there. There has been times the last couple of years where they seemed like they were kind of I don't know if it was cracking under the pressure or if it was more of just kind of being tight because they're the favorite. But they seemed like they were a lot looser in this series and that they were having they were trying to have fun playing the game. And whereas in the last few years they haven't. Yeah, they. Uh, I think that has a lot to do, actually, with Mookie coming over. Uh, Mookie's somebody who, uh, on the field, usually, you know, he'll show emotion at times, but he's also an even-keeled guy. But behind the scenes, he's really, you know, he's really a team player, and he's really the guy that will be the emotional uh, leader for the team. And just a little thing, like I've, because Kike Hernandez has been that uh, for this Dodgers team right. over the last over the last four or five years. Um, and they did an interview is before game six um, where they were down. They had to win three in a row, um, game five, game six, and game seven. They had won game five. And before game six, they were doing a interview with Kike. And he said that this was the most energetic he has seen this team in the six years he's been in the Dodgers organization. He said before game six, the music was loud. The dancing was going crazy in there. And everybody just seemed pumped up and like ready to get this thing going. Um, and honestly, I think they really did show that, uh, you know, that game six, they really jumped on it in the first inning uh, and scored those three runs. But they didn't do much after that, but it definitely was a thing that they stepped up their energy in this series, especially later on in the series. Yeah, and it was a impressive comeback for the for the Dodgers. Uh, the Braves jumped up two games to none. Uh, in game one, they had the big ninth inning, which uh, two great pitchers on the mound that pitched great throughout the series. Walker Buehler and Max Fried were both spectacular in this series. Both pitched like the aces that they are. Um, Walker Buehler seemed like he might have still had a little bit of issues with his blister in game one. He wasn't locating his off-speed pitches very well. Um, he ended up with five walks, I believe. Um, Max Freed was spectacular game one. Um, and then they, you had the ninth inning homer by Austin Riley, who really didn't do too much of the rest of the series. But um, game two, you had the you had a, a huge Braves just outburst. Um, you know, they really rocked Gonsolin in game two. And um, the Dodgers came back at the end. Obviously, game three had that crazy first inning where it seemed like every, nothing would go right for the Braves. They just could not get an out with two outs. Ten runs with two outs for the Dodgers in game three, uh, first inning. 
And then um, you just move on down, and, it, you know, the Braves ended up going up three games to one in the series. You had the, those first two games, a real big win in game one that was super exciting for the young Braves team. Um, the Braves had all the energy in the series. And then, um, you know, Bryce Wilson, I mean, what can you say about him? I mean, that yeah. was insane what he did in game five for or game four for the Braves. Uh, rookie, he had pitched, I believe he had made three career starts coming into the, that game and pitched six one-run innings and that was just a spectacular performance um but um you know the, the Dodgers are they're so impressive hitting the ball and, and we talked about last week um that I felt like the Braves were had a better top four in the lineup and the Dodgers were deeper and I think you could see that a little bit in this series because there's no breaks in that Dodgers lineup. I mean, you get down and, you know, Kike Hernandez hit the two home runs in the series. He's not even a full-time player. He hit two game-tying home runs in the series. So you look at, um, you know, Cody Bellinger's hitting sixth, for God's sake. I mean, mm-hmm. he's the defending MVP. He's hitting sixth. So you just you, there, it's just so hard, and they don't, and they don't swing and miss at, at pitches outside the zone. And, and so you end up running through this lineup and – I mean, unless you are locating f- perfectly, you just there's not much you can do because they they punish mistakes and they don't swing at bad pitches. So um, the Braves ran out of pitching in the series. It's really the key to it. They just ran out. I mean, they had they didn't have anybody to start Game Five. That the they the Game Six Freed pitching for the second time was rough um, early. Now he pitched pretty well in Game Three in Game Six, but. Um, you know, it, it just turned out, and, and Kyle Wright didn't have it either. So, it was a big, it was it was a big comeback for the Dodgers, and um, you know, it, they were they're the best team in baseball. So, um, you, you just can't, you have to if you're if you're going to beat them in a in a seven game series, you have to put them away when you get a chance to. So, yeah, especially if that game two where Kershaw got um, scratched from the start due to back spasms. Um, he had actually had the felt the back spasms before um, game one. And, you know, obviously they had already said that Bueller was pitching game one. Uh, and then they had to scratch him, and that kind of threw Gonsolin in there when he wasn't actually even expecting to start. Um, they were, He was more of a game four option. Um, so basically they threw Gonsolin, and he kind of got, you know, lit up a little bit in that second game. And they made the good comeback at the end, so that game looks a lot closer. Uh, and then you look to the game four where Kershaw did start. And Kershaw's line looks a lot worse than what it really was. Um, he ended up giving up, what was it? Three or four? They said yeah, but... But he got hit for three earned runs, I believe, but four. he was getting, it was four. It, yeah. He was getting hit hard the whole game there. The Braves, yeah. in, in fact, in the last four games of this series, the Braves had a lot of hard hit balls that didn't fall. And, um, and the problem with the Kershaw game, um, this is why I wanted to bring it up is right. that he was getting, he, the reason he was getting hit so hard is that because of that back injury, you know, the back spasms and stuff, his fastball only topped out at yep. 90.7. This is a guy who's been pitching um, at 93 to 94 this year. Um, so, I mean, when you're losing four, you know, three to four miles an hour off your just fastball, that is a that is a big deal. And then obviously he wasn't able to finish on the slider and he was missing the zone a lot with it. The curveball wasn't as effective. Um, you know, it, so he didn't look good. His line looks a lot worse than that. You know, still in the se- on the postseason, he's still against the three point three two ERA. But mm-hmm. he's going to be a big key that they're going to need um, in the World Series to be healthy. But and he's going to be game one starter, I'm sure, because Bueller he, pitched game six. Has to be. Yeah. This is I was kind of talking on my way home that 
Kershaw kind of has to be the game one starter, and then you have to just kind of believe that they're going to bring Bueller back game two, even if it is on three days rest, mm. um, because there's the off day after game two. So you can kind of do you know Bueller and then a bullpen kind of deal, and then have the off day, and then after game was it, I think after game five, there's another off day. So what right. it would do is that it's would a... line Kershaw and Bueller up for potential game six and seven. Um, and I, I just think you have to do that, especially the way that, you know, Gonsolin didn't look as great. May didn't even look as great. So you're really going to be relying on Urias in that, that third game. Um, that we don't know. The Dodgers have been playing games so much with who they're going to start and go bullpen games. I mean, they have so many weapons, but I mean, like you said, this series really just came down to the Braves running out of pitching and the Dodgers, you know, hitting that pitching at the timely matter yeah and, and if you look at the braves i mean having to do a the dodgers never did a legit full bullpen game they they had guys that could give them length that came out of the bullpen so if you look at like uh game game seven obviously they started dustin may and went to the bullpen in the second inning but they brought in gonsolin who could give them up two or three innings you go back and look at um i believe it was with the dustin may got pulled early in the other his first start of the series and i think it was game game five and um, they were able to bring in some guys that had some length, you know, because you, you can just – and in Game 7, obviously, uh, Jose, uh, Julio Urias as well, you know, coming in and giving them two two innings or three innings. So um, this is a situation where the Dodgers had more pitching, and, and the Braves had great a great bullpen all year. But the problem is that they had to they had to handle the same guys for way too many innings in the, la- in the end of the series. Game 7 – I mean, the Dodgers had so many looks – at Chris Martin in this series. He pitched like five times. So mm-hmm. you, you get down to game seven and, and Chris Martin comes in. He, his stuff looked good. He had actually, they said that he had never pitched more than, uh, he had a career high pitch count in game six. And they brought him back for game seven. He threw more than one inning. His stuff looked really good. I think he had three strikeouts and, you know, he missed, he mislocated one fastball that Bellinger hit out for the go ahead Homer. And that's kind of the issue that the Braves had was at the end of the, at the end of the day, You've got like too many looks at some of these guys. Will Smith is another guy who, late in the series, the Dodgers had seen him. A couple of the Dodgers hitters had seen him twice already because they brought in the lefty to face, you know, like Max Muncy and and uh, and Ballinger and that that part of their lineup. And um, you know, th- Will Smith couldn't get that out because he's his slider. They were seeing it because they'd seen it so many times in the series. Um, and you look at the same thing with Tyler Matzik as well in, in Game Seven. I mean, he didn't look great, and it was because of that. Same same issue. So, um, the Braves just didn't have the Braves didn't have guys that could come out of that bullpen and give them any length. I think it's a big difference. Um, yeah. AJ Minter, um, you know, it was really the only bullpen arm that was able to give the Braves any length in any games, and he's a guy that had never given any length at all <laughs> in, in games. I mean, he's he was rarely pitched back to back games, and he's almost never pitched three straight games. And he's also, I think the, his career high was two innings. He gave him three innings in game five. Um, so, but you, you just, you had a situation where the Dodgers were seeing these guys for the third or fourth time late in the series and were able to pick up on some things and uh, hit some of these bullpen arms that have been so good all year. Yeah. And then, like you said, the Dodgers lineup is just too talented to, to see pitching that much and not do damage. Um, but we do, we do need to, uh, to, Shout out the Will Smith versus Will Smith matchup. <laughs> yeah. um, that was pretty awesome. I know my Will Smith hit a three-run home run yeah. off of it, but it was supposed to happen the night before, 
And as Will them. Smith, as yeah, as the batter Will Smith was coming up to the plate, they pulled the pitcher Will Smith. Um, so it was kind of funny that we actually got we got that uh, that matchup. But you know, we got to give like a shout out to Corey Seager in this series. Um, five home runs, eleven RBIs. I believe they uh, they said they had a one point two three OPS in this series. Um, I mean, he he really was the key cog in this. Mookie didn't, I mean, he batted 227 in this series. Bellinger only batted, um, well, this, these are these are through game six stats. They haven't yeah. updated yet. Um, but in going into game seven, you know, Bellinger had only batted 174. Now he did get the big, you know, big home run in the eighth inning that really, was it the eighth or seventh? It was the seventh, seventh. I believe. I think so. yeah, it was the seventh. Yeah. He did get the big home run off Chris Martin. Um, that really put this series away. But the Dodgers' key hitters didn't do really much. You know, Muncy, 222. Pollock, 188. I mean, Will Smith, 167. Chris Taylor, 143. I mean, the only ones that really did a lot of damage were Justin Turner, Jock Peterson, and uh, Corey Seager. Uh, Kike had a couple home runs in this series, but that's pretty that's pretty much all he did. Yeah, and, and I mean, you go back and look, and you, you see that, and I think the big the big takeaway is that they were able to string these together. I mean, they were able to put these put big innings together. I mean, you look at the game one, uh, I mean the game three first inning. You look at um, the the big inning in games in game five, uh, the three run first in game si- in game six. They put together a lot of big innings um, that they were they were able to string these things together, and you know they had 26 walks through the first six games of the series, and obviously they had I think they had at least six tonight. So, you know, over 30 walks in the series is a a, a big number too. That they're just able to lay off of pit, tough pitches, keep the line moving, and then you know eventually if you see enough pitches, you're going to get a mistake, and they don't miss mistakes. Um, one one guy, one thing to mention for the Braves too is that. Um, some of the key players for the Braves weren't quite as good as they had been. I mean, Ronald Acuna Jr. had, a, had really struggled in this series. He has dealt with a little bit of a, uh, a wrist injury in the postseason that he dealt with at times during the regular season as well. But he didn't. He, he was popping the ball up just about every time he came up to the plate this series. Um, and you look at um, Austin Riley outside of that game one homer that took the lead. Um, Really struggled in this series. Ended up making the last out in Game Seven. Um, he had a couple of clutch hits, but was uh, you know it was a really big struggle for him. And um, you know you go back and look at these two teams, and you know the Braves having missed the, enough guys at late, you know that they didn't have enough pitching depth to not have Soroka this year in the postseason, and to not have a um, you know to, and to have the a couple of guys who you know. Felix Hernandez having opted out and having a couple guys that, you know, just kind of flamed out the start of the season and you come into the postseason And I mean, you, you go putting, going to a game seven with Ian Anderson, yeah. a f- rookie with six career starts as your number two and, and Kyle Wright, who has been a very inconsistent young pitcher for the first three years and, and also a rookie technically still, I mean, Bryce Wilson, another guy who's been inconsistent, has made like three career starts. Those are your three starters behind Max Fried, who is in his second full season in the big leagues and was really good this year. I mean, there's just there's something there that that that's a very, very poor matchup against the Dodgers team that is so experienced. And and 
I think the Dodgers are a team that really punishes young pitching because of how well they they do laying off of you know pitches that are out of the zone. A lot of young pitching, you want to get swings and misses. The Dodgers don't swing and miss out of the zone. Right. I mean, th- this is a big wake-up call for Atlanta Braves fans. Like, this team is here to compete, uh, and they are going to be here for a long time, especially if they can get Soroka back. I mean, Freed and Anderson just proved that they are – they are top-notch pitchers, um, even in, when the lights are big. Um, so especially if you get those three, and then you, if Wright and Bryce Wilson can just continue to develop, or you guys make another signing of somebody in these, this offseason, or make a trade or something, this team, I mean, Ozuna's going to be a big free agent for you guys, but everybody else is going to be there. I mean, Ronald Acuna oh, yeah. signed to a long-term deal. Ozzy Albies just signed to a long-term. Cheap long-term and both term of those, Yeah, those are both really team-friendly deals. Um, you know, another guy that was – missing in this series um, after getting hurt in game one was Adam Duvall. You guys yes. didn't really have him uh, with an oblique. He wasn't able to play after that. So that was another big, uh, you know, big bat. He had been, he had done damage this season at times, uh, was a little, you know, slower in the playoffs, but still that that's a guy who you have to fear uh, when, you know, instead they were playing Nick Markakis. Yeah. And, and that was a key as well, that Nick Markakis just doesn't have it anymore. He really struggled to catch up to the fastball, and the Dodgers have guys that throw hard. Um, so it was just one of those things where I, I think the better team won. I think the better team won in both of these series. I mean, I think the Rays were a better team than the Astros, even though the Astros you know, made it really close at the end. And, and I think that the, the Dodgers were a better, deeper team than the Braves. Um, even though the Braves were able to really put some pressure on them and, and make it a close, so um, th- this was this was a really fun NL NL and ALCS. I, I, I thought it was a very entertaining. I think it's I think it was the second time ever that both went to Game Seven, maybe the third time, um, which is is pretty crazy to think about out of the amount of time that they've been doing the championship series. Um, and then um, you know a, a lot of storylines, a lot of really 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 fun games, a lot of comebacks and you know, a lot of big home runs and a lot of entertainment. And, and, you know, I hope, hopefully we get to see some of the same in the world series. Yeah. Neither of these series had, should have gone to game seven. Like they had no business being game sevens in either one of these series. (laughs) So shout out to the, uh, to the Astros and to the Dodgers for making it even interesting game seven series uh, or seven game series, because uh, they definitely were on the back foot, both of those teams. Yeah. But, well, let's go ahead and jump over to kind of our World Series breakdown. Um, we're going to get the Tampa Bay Rays versus the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I think this is both number one seeds. Yes, it is. Mistaken, both it number is. one seeds. Uh, well, I don't know when the last time that was that happened, but but it's going to be interesting. Um, I think Tampa kind of has the better pitching than the Dodgers. Um, you know, you can throw out Morton, you can throw out Snell, you can throw out Glass now, and then all those guys in the bullpen are, are just amazing. Oh, yeah. All, they can all touch 100, you know, have nasty movement. Um, but at the same time, the, the lineup favors the Dodgers. Um, you know, we, we knew it favored it in the Braves series over a deeper lineup at all. Uh, maybe the Braves had a little bit better at the top. But, I mean, I think we can all both say that uh, the Dodgers lineup top four or entire, through the entire lineup is hands down better than this Rays lineup. Yeah, I mean, you look at um, you look at the Rays lineup and they got to get some guys going. And they've really struggled. with Brandon Lau had a really bad series in the ALCS. He had one homer, but other than that was just not good. And he was bad in the ALDS as well. He's a guy that was really good this year. 
they got to get him going. And you've got some other guys. I mean, you, you got like Hunter Renfro has been, you know, he's been decent, but he hasn't really been like lights out crazy good. You look at, um, you look down the list and you got, I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer in the ALCS. And I know he's not, he's not really known for his bat, but I mean, hit 167. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Austin Meadows hit 091 in the series. So yeah. some of these guys just got to get going that, that have been key p- parts of this team all season. I mean, you look at Brandon Lau, he had a 916 OPS this season in the ALCS. And, and after really, after going, I think 0 for 18 in the ALDS and the ALCS, he had a 454 OPS. He really struggled, hit 154 average. So they got to get some of these guys going. I mean, Randy Rosarina can't carry this team for too long, too much longer. I mean, I think no. Randy Rosarina is a great player. I, I actually look at him as a young Marcelo Zuna. I think he just hits the ball hard everywhere. And he, as a, as at his current stage, is a pretty good outfielder, which when Marcelo Zuna first came up, he was a pretty good outfielder um, as a defensive player. Um, so I, I really like Randy Rosarina. Um, I mean, G-Man Choi had a pretty good championship series, Manny Margo. But against the against the Dodgers, is Manny Margo really going to hit three home runs and have a 652 slugging? I don't think Manny. I don't think that's sustainable for him. I mean, well, and not just they're going to have to get some of these Manny guys Margot, going. And not just that, but Manny Margo and Hunter Renfro, they both came from the Padres, um, so they, they have did. both faced the Dodgers quite a bit. Um, you know, and the Dodgers have usually, you know, held their own against those two. Um, and another key to this series, which I think it's very, it's going very um, unnoticed, is that this series is going to be played in Texas, in Arlington. That's where the yes. Dodgers have played the entire postseason, and the Tampa Bay Rays have not even seen this ballpark yet because of the whole COVID year. They weren't even able to go there and play there like they would have normally in a normal season. Um, you know, so they're going to be going to this ballpark not knowing how the ball travels, how the ball carries, how the uh, walls play for def- off the. You know, caroms off the wall for defense. And there have been some weird ones too. And there have been weird ones. Um, they're going in completely blind to this new ballpark where the Dodgers have been playing their past three series. Yep. Uh, it's almost no, like a home. Series. It's almost like it's, they're almost as familiar with it as they are with Dodger Stadium. I mean, you talk about they've played how many games there? They played at least ten at a at, at no, Globe yes, Life, and they yeah. played thirty at Dodger Stadium this year. So they've you yeah. know it's not that big. It's not that big of a difference. I mean they that's a lot of games that they've they've gotten accustomed to it in a row i mean they probably have had a longer stand at, at than they had longest home stand of the season so yeah and and you know what we've seen from the texas ballpark right now is that the ball it, the wind really affects if the ball carries or if it doesn't and mlb really seems to be pushing that they want this roof open yeah um, i don't know why they do that like during batting practice the other day they had it completely closed and then they open it up, and it was for game four, and wind gusts were yes. like 30 miles an hour. Like the players' jerseys and pants were all swinging. Jock Peterson hit a ball to dead center field that would have been like a 450-foot shot, but it came up like at the wall, and Pache, uh, Pache caught it. Um, you know, and that should have been like a three-run home run. But the, the Rays don't know this. They, they don't know how this ballpark plays at all. Um, so this is that's another thing that's really going to throw a wrench into this. Is that Tampa's going to have to try and learn this in the World Series. 
yeah, I mean, you look at you look at that ballpark, and the ball carries to to left field. I feel like pretty well, but the ball does not carry to center. I mean, there are a lot of balls hit to center and, and to into right center that just died. I mean, you look at that ball that uh, you look at that ball that uh, Freddie Freeman hit tonight. I mean, that ball was hit really hard. It was hit over a hundred mile an hour exit velocity. It was hit pretty high, but I mean, that ball was typically not gonna come down you know, in, in play. And it ended up being caught by uh, Mookie Betts on a crazy good catch. But um, that's, a, that's just one of those things where you, th- this, this, this ballpark is weird. And the fact that nobody's played there, I, I really don't understand why, uh, why MLB would choose this ballpark. So, and, and it would have been even worse if Houston had won the, the championship series because they would have basically had home games too. I mean, with fans being there. So, um, well, they they chose. Uh, I know that why they chose the Rangers ballpark. Um, because first of all, the Rangers weren't in the playoffs. Um, right. And Texas is one of the few places that is allowing fans. Um, and right. it's a brand new facility in Arlington. So if you have a brand new ballpark to this year, and you're able to have fans, and the the team that is technically the home ballpark isn't in the playoffs, it just all adds up yeah. to be able to play that series there. Yeah, well, it does make sense in a way, but you also, just from a baseball perspective, you look at the fact that it's just a tough, tough place to play because of just not having been there. And I mean, I think that's a really big disadvantage for for the for the uh, for the Rays. I mean, I don't think it was really a disadvantage in the in the Braves Dodgers series because the Dodgers had only played well, the Dodgers also played there in the regular season, but uh, for a few games against the Rangers, with them being both Western teams. But yeah. um, I don't think it was that big of a disadvantage. But the Dodgers have seen this ballpark a lot now. They've seen balls bounce different ways and everything. I mean, you look at a lot of balls that ended up down in the corner that bounced really weird in this series. And um, that's just something that, you know, the, the Rays have a really good outfield. And that's something that you've got to – that they're going to be able to, you know, have to adjust yeah. to. So This is this is a huge, huge outfield. Um, yep. So positioning is going to be very, very key. And that's another thing, you know. The, the Rays are going to have to learn all that on the fly as they're going. Um, so it, it's going to be fascinating to see how the pitchers adjust to it because um, their pitchers are really good about getting uh, ground balls a lot. So, uh, you know, if they can keep that ball on the ground and not let it get into the air and deal with that big outfield, that, that'll be uh, that'll be very good for them. Right. But let's go ahead and jump down to your prediction for this series. Oh, man. Um well, I think I am going to go with the Dodgers. Um, I haven't really I, the, on, on the game side of things. I think I was thinking that the Dodgers are just going to put this series away early, but I got to thinking about the fact that Kershaw maybe looked like he wasn't a hundred percent. He looked a little bit like he has the last couple years more so than he did during the regular season this year. Um, you look at you know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't start Walker Buehler on three days rest in Game Two just because of his blister issue. I think you give him a couple extra days to to heal up, and you know maybe that blister is you know even more healed than it was you know in this previous series. Um, I mean, I I think the Dodgers win in six. I, I think it's a series where I think the Rays pitching is going to have a couple games where I really like the matchup for Blake Snell. I think a lot of the Dodgers hitters struggle on soft stuff away and hard up and in so guys like bellinger if you can get that fastball up and in on bellinger then he's gonna swing and miss on it if, if it's in the zone because he's just got a hole in his swing i mean and there are a few guys that have struggled against breaking pitches so snell's got that fantastic curveball 
that I think you're going to see. I think that would really, and, and it was, it's a, he's a very similar pitcher to Max Fried, to be honest. And Max Fried did, did really well in the series and was the best pitcher for the Braves by a pretty good margin. So um, you look at, um, you know, I, I really think that guys like Tyler Glass now are going to struggle because they don't throw a lot of strikes and, the Dodgers will be able to hold off on those, on, on those, you know, breaking pitches, velocity that that misses the zone. They don't swing a lot of pitches out of the zone. Um, you know, I, I think the Do- I think the Dodgers will have to manage their, you know, pitching staff a little bit. Uh, it's going to be difficult for them it, because of having played this long series. I, I don't think they're very deep in the starting staff, but I think they're able to get it done in six games. I really like their lineup over the over the Rays lineup. Well, before I jump over to my prediction, this is a I have not asked Matt about this at all. This is the first time he's going to be hearing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what I want to do is I want to throw a little wrench into the World Series predictions as well. Um, since you said LA in six, give me who your potential World Series MVP will be. MVP. Um, well, I haven't, obviously haven't gotten a chance to think about it, but, um, I I think it's going to be, I think, I think you could see Mookie Betts have a big series. He started to show some signs in the last couple games of the National League Championship Series, and he's seen the Rays pitchers a pretty good bit compared to other guys coming from Boston. I think it could be Mookie Betts. Okay, okay. Now, I, I mean, honestly, I just thought about this right when I said it to you, uh, probably 30 seconds before that. So I haven't been able to put much thought into this either. Um, I'm going to go with Justin Turner. Um, okay. Turner probably had the best at-bats of anybody. I mean, even of Corey Seager. I mean, if you're just looking at the whole body of work of at-bats, Justin Turner had that. Um, he's not really hitting for as much power. As he has in the past couple years, he's been dealing with a hamstring injury, but he's just starting to look very hitterish at the plate. Um, I know he missed a couple fastballs today, but those are pitches that earlier in the season he would have just taken um, because he wasn't very confident in that being able to get up there. So, and he had, he had a couple long at bats in this one where he's just taking a lot of pitches, fouling stuff off. Uh, I think Justin Turner is going to have a really big series in this next one. So Justin Turner is going to be my MVP pick, and I also have the Dodgers in six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a fun one. Um, there's going to be, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of interesting matchups. This is, this is a very this is, these are two very different teams, so it's going to be fun. Yeah. Hopefully, this is the year that I can stop hearing about 1988 and that the Dodgers will pull this one through because Jesus Christ, I can't wait to shut everybody up with that one <laughs> and i hope kershaw has a like seven inning shutout with like 11 k's so i can stop hearing about damn playoff kershaw either because it's not yeah. a real damn thing yeah i mean we'll see we'll see if he's able to do that because i don't really believe that he will with with the way that he looked in game four and and but maybe he's maybe he you know he, he's gotten some days off maybe he's healthy maybe he's yeah. back to what he was in the regular season and can you know have a great outing which i think he can so let me have some hope here all right all right all right uh you got anything else you want to finish up with this episode on um I just 
I, I'm glad that this, this this we came down to being able to have these series and this being a big success. With, I mean, these did feel like the the even without the crowds going crazy, these did feel in a way like the like the AL and NLCS usually do. They were intense. They were good games. The the teams were really into it. Um, I, I think it going forward. It, I mean, I, I I think it was a poor decision by MLB to not have off days in these games because a lot of teams, you know, are, are built in a way that having off days really helps. Um, I think that when you play, you play in seven straight games that are in this kind of intense environment, it, it it's very difficult for teams to, um, for players to, to be able to do that. And you saw it in this, in this Braves Dodgers series where both bullpens really struggled down the stretch because they had just been taxed so much. Um, so I think it's, um I, I think it's been a great season and uh, I'm excited to see the world series. I think it's going to be very entertaining. Uh, obviously that this world series will go over more than one week because we'll, uh, depending on whether or not there's like a sweep or something, uh, games one and two will be Tuesday, Wednesday. Games three, four, and five will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So if a team wins in five, then we'll our next episode will be after the World Series. But if a team wins and if it if it goes more than five, then that would be like I think Tuesday and Wednesday of, of the following week will be the games six and seven. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I'm excited. I think. You know, I, I think that the Dodgers have a very, very good chance to knock off the Rays and in that drought, that World Series drought that they have. So um, that that'll probably be the story of this series: is can they do that? And and for the Rays, the lowest payroll in baseball going against the highest payroll in baseball is going to be very interesting to see. Um, and 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 just what a fantastic job by the Rays front office to be able to get them to this point. Yeah. The uh the it's it's cool to see the Rays in this World Series. Um, you know if they don't or if they do pull it out, I mean I, obviously I'm gonna be sad because my Dodgers weren't able to pull it out, but I'll be happy for the Rays. Um, you, you know they're a team that's always constantly struggled and they have to trade guys before they are up for free agency or they have to do things a little bit different. Um, and it. Finally, to see them, you know, I know they had the one run, what was it, like 2007, where they got 2000, there? 2008, when they played the Phillies, yes. Yeah, and they lost to the Phillies. Um, you know, uh, we have Andrew Friedman now, who, president of baseball operations for the Dodgers, came over from the Rays, um, you know, put a lot of those Rays pieces together. Obviously not what this team is, but some of those players, like Chris Archer, was traded for Tyler Glass now and Austin Meadows. Um, so he, his stamp is sort of on that as well. So it'll be pretty interesting to kind of see all that. But like you said, it, it's going to be a fun series. Uh, it's going to really come down to the the uh, Rays pitching versus the Dodgers hitting and who's able to come out on top in that series, that uh, that battle. So, yeah. And, and the Rays, you know, just to add one thing, the Rays remind me a lot of the early 2000s, late 90s Marlins where they're there's a lot of guys that are pretty good on that team and they're able to put the pieces together really well. Yep. So, well, we will play it by ear, um, on what our next episode will be like time and date wise. Um, but be sure to follow us along at the bat flip podcast on Twitter, uh, at Matt Arcara on his personal Twitter at the real D boy 12 for my personal Twitter. Um, we'll be trying to update you guys as much on the world series as it's happening. But uh, thank you guys for tuning into this episode, and we will catch you guys next time. Thanks, everybody.